This program is rated D for dog. It contains sniffing, scratching, and doggy themes. Hello and welcome to Top Dog Podcast. My name is Adrian. Happy to have you here. And my name is Katja. Welcome to our podcast. Yeah, so what have we got today, Katja? We talk about dogs, we talk about people that do stuff with and for dogs. What have we got? Well, uh, we are going to have a look at some more unfortunate pets and uh, it will be a happy ending. That's great. A happy ending with a roof above your head, I think. And we're going to talk to Rachel. Rachel is a dog groomer. We're going to meet a couple that doesn't quite understand the meaning of foster parents, I think. <laughs> That's intriguing. And of course, something we all have waited for a long, long, long time. We will hear Pirate number five. The parking what? Kookaburra. <laughs> no, Kookaburra. <laughs> I just want to say it like this. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Before we dive into these exciting stories, Katja, we have our odd spot. What have you got today? Well, this is maybe not so odd, but we have to bring in something more newsy. The coronavirus, of course. And you may have to be a little bit careful when you kiss your dog if you happen to do that because it's possible that you can transmit the virus to a dog <laughs> that's right something i never understood anyway how can you kiss your dog but some people love doing that but maybe they shouldn't do it any longer i've got another story rather a cute story and it's about a friendship a friendship between a boy and his dog the boy his name is jensen and he got a dog when he was born, the very first day. So actually his dog was born 17, no, hang on, nine days later than Jensen. And the mother thought this is a good idea because dogs grow up a bit quicker and they learn faster. So maybe the dog can teach her son a few tricks. And the dog did. The dog was crawling. Jensen wanted a copy, started crawling as well dog was walking Jensen wanted to walk so he started to crawl when he was very very little and with eight months he was already able to walk and this is quite early for a baby or for a little child then the mother thought the dog can teach my son how to eat independently and he did but how does he eat with fork <laughs> or he licks it out of the bowl <laughs> that's that's something we don't know really if the dog actually eats with a knife and fork or if Jensen sort of uh, whacks his head into the bowl and <laughs> eats like like his dog we don't know that same with going to the toilet I'm not sure who's copying who <laughs> yeah it's good <laughs> yes but it is in any way a cute beautiful friendship between a little boy Jensen who's by now two years old and his dog Finn who's about two years as well 
Adrian, you stumbled across a very interesting project uh, that a young lady called Yvonne is running in the southeastern suburbs of Melbourne in Cheltenham, and it's got to do with dogs of homeless people. A very interesting story, actually, how it happened. People hear from Yvonne, maybe, how she started it, but I'd better say it now as well. She actually walked through the city a few years ago talked to the homeless people in the city and looked after their pets. She brought them food. If a pet was or a dog was sick, she took the dog to the vet and, and from there it grew and grew and grew and bigger and bigger and bigger. And now it's a huge charity. They have about 150 volunteers and they, they're just here to look after the dogs and cats of the homeless people, not necessarily the ones that are sleeping hard in the street at night, because you are homeless if you don't uh, have a roof over your head and you have to stay maybe with friends or strangers, but you can't take your dog. But I would say, let's Yvonne do the talking. Hello, Yvonne. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Hello, Yvonne. Yes, hi. Nice to meet you. Thanks for coming in today. Just to make sure what your job is here. Are you the executive producer, the founder, founder and owner, or just founder? Well, founder and CEO. When did you start? I started the organization back in July 2015. Could you explain to us a little bit what you do? Um, So Pets of the Homeless, um, our mission is to keep people and their pets together during times of hardship. So people who are currently experiencing homelessness or even people who are at risk of homelessness. So pensioners, for example. How do you find these people because they're homeless? Or do you just walk down the street and talk to you? Uh, okay, yeah. So when I first started um, doing outreach work on the streets of Melbourne, and that's how, you know, I met some of the people. I used to live in the city myself, and that's how I came across a lot of people who are sleeping rough on the streets with their dogs. Um, and I would often stop to have a chat to them and, you know, f- to find out more about them and their dog. And I just wanted, uh, on a personal level, I just wanted to do something more to help them. So I looked into other charities that are doing work with people experiencing homelessness with their pets and I couldn't find one so I thought you know why not start one so it wasn't my intention to actually start a charity but it's just that I wanted to volunteer my time but I couldn't find an organization out there that existed that does you know the sort of work that we do now so yeah that's how Pets of the Homeless was born. So nobody in Melbourne, is there anyone else around Australia that does something similar? Yeah, yeah, there, there's um, there's more and more now, especially, um, you know, because people are starting to realise the impact of pets as well for people's mental health and the homelessness issue in Victoria and, you know, around Australia is huge. And a lot of the times it's a barrier because as a country, we actually are one of the top three, I think, in the world in terms of pet ownerships. So Australians love their pets and we have a lot of pets, especially dogs and cats. Um, So a lot of people really love their animals, but sometimes they're just in a difficult situation where they can no longer care for them or they have to leave home because of domestic violence, for example, and they can't take their pet with them into a refuge or a crisis accommodation. And that's where we help. 
are you still walking the streets and looking for them or no no, no? Uh, so that's how we started but then you know as the organization grew um, we started working with other organizations so for example how I started was I would go out on the streets and distribute pet food then you know when we became an, a registered charity then we started working with places like soup kitchens and food pantries where people are already going to access food for themselves so we distribute food to those places now people can also access pet food through them um, and then from there we started helping with vet bills as well so we help cover um, the veterinary costs because as everyone know um, vet bills are not cheap um, and then from there we started offering emergency boarding as well which is one of the issues that I spoke about earlier when you know they wanted to go into a crisis accommodation whether they're sleeping rough on the streets or sleeping in their car they can't take their pet with them you know they might be offered a safe refuge for you know a few weeks but they can't take their pet with them mm -hmm. so a lot of people will actually choose to still sleep on the streets or sleep in their car instead of taking up that offer so we take the pets and put them in a boarding kennel or even hospitals for example if they want to go into hospital and they have no one to look after their pets so we take them in and put them in a boarding facility until they can be reunited with the owner but again boarding uh, facility is not cheap so then in late 2018 we started a foster care program so volunteers would open up their homes to look after the pets and in that way we could actually provide longer term support so you know not just a few weeks now it would be months um, because as we all know it's you know, much difficult now to find housing. Yeah, and people sometimes they need to go into mental health rehab facilities for drug and alcohol abuse. We also help with those cases. In your experience, pets or dogs of homeless people, are they, I don't know, maybe it might be a silly question, but are they different to other pets that live in in more secure environment? Um, I actually think they probably get more companionship because they're with their people all the time. You know, for example, I work, you know, my dogs are home alone, you know, whereas someone who is with their pet 24-7, I don't know. I think it's just people who think that, you know, the pets are not getting everything they need. But, you know, dogs are really simple-minded. They live in the moment. All they want is just someone who loves them. They have some food they're happy you know they don't really need a lot they don't really need a bit you know i've spent hundreds of dollars buying my dog a bit and he will sleep on the floor so it's those kind of perceptions that we put on people and the pets um whereas you know pets they're happily sleep on the streets you know as long as they're with their owner yeah well that's why i ask a question because what i observe is that they have a strong bond often because they spend as you said 24 hours next to each other and they do whatever the owner does and they're never on the leash they're very obedient so that's why i ask the question are they so that they're actually easy to keep and i want to be a foster parent yeah i wouldn't have problems looking after homeless um, I guess then the other perception I need to change is that when we think of the word homeless, we just assume that people are just sleeping rough on the streets. Whereas, you know, people sleeping rough on the streets only account for 7% of people who are, you know, considered homeless. So people who are in um, any insecure housing. So even when they're couch surfing, they are still considered homeless. And also depending on the circumstances, people with chronic homelessness, those are the ones that usually you will see sleeping out on the streets. So those are the ones that are finding it really difficult to integrate with society. In that case, their pet is with them 24-7. But there are also cases that we help. For example, um, these days, the biggest cause of um, homelessness is domestic violence. So people who are in homes, just like you and me, uh, because of family violence and domestic violence, they have to leave. 
because they have to leave, they are still considered homeless now because they don't have a home to go back to. You know, so those pets come from situations like you and I. It's very hard to actually put like a category saying homeless pets are. You know, like their behavior would be different. But generally, the difference between fostering for us versus fostering, for example, like a rescue animal or a shelter, is that we know more about the background of the animals. Because they're not coming just from a shelter. Usually, the the perception is shelter animals are there because of a reason. You know, people are dumping them because they are you know too noisy,、uh, not well behaved. Not saying that they are or they're not, but you know the difference is with the animals that you will be fostering for pets or the homeless. They come from loving homes, you know, people who really love them. So th- that's the difference. Because I used to foster rescue dogs as well, you know, and sometimes we do get cases where dogs are more bouncy because you know、um, they're not being trained. But yeah, with the pets that we have through our foster program, I've never really experienced that. People are going through difficult times and they still want to keep their pets and they do whatever they can. So their pets are really, really lovely and well behaved.、Mm. You were just saying, you know, that that people are maybe not so well integrated. How, does a dog help in in a way to, you know, they have a task, you know, they have to look after the pet. So what are the benefits of having a dog? Yeah, I think it helps because, for example, if you see someone sitting on the streets, someone with a pet sitting on the street is very different. You are more likely to approach someone with a pet versus someone without a pet because with the pet there, there is something that you can connect to,、mm-hmm. you can talk to them about, and that's what I I found as well with people that I speak to. With the pet there, people are more likely to approach them. You know, everyone loves a dog.、Mm. You know, they would go up and talk to them. So, in a way, they're not as isolated as someone that is, you know, without any companion, without any pets on the streets. The other thing is also it gives them a purpose. That's、mm. what they they've told us that you know, with having a pet, there's someone. Else to look after, so their pet gives them a purpose that they're not going to do drugs, they're not going to do alcohol because they don't want to, you know, leave the dog behind. That kind of stuff. So it does give them a purpose and the will to actually want to change the life around. Are you doing your charity work、um, out of love for pets or love for people? Both. Both, yeah. So、uh, when I started the charity, I was、um, running a rescue group, so I was rescuing、um, companion animals, and also I was volunteering at a soup kitchen. So it's just, yeah, it's natural for me to just combine the both because, it, yeah, it's both. We, although the charity's name is Pets of the Homeless, we are actually not an animal charity. We're a people charity, so we're helping the people through their pets.、Mm-hmm. That was Yvonne from Pets of the Homeless, and if you'd like to support them or have a look what they're doing, they have a website, which is petsofthehomeless.org.au. Last time we, or the last two times actually, we talked about an exciting television program that's happening in Australia at the moment. With the famous Rebel Wilson, it's called Pooch Perfect. By now, two episodes have already been aired, and Rachel, she is a groomer at the Groom Room Benella. She watches that show with eagle eyes. Rachel,、okay. the first two episodes have happened. They've been aired. You watch them all. How do you like the yes, show? Yes, yes, I have. I love the show. I think it's absolutely wonderful representation 
of, of the grooming industry. So what, what actually do you love about the show? I mean, it's uh, what I can gather is that it's not much different than any other reality TV where they have to cook a fantastic meal or have to renovate a house. What's the, what's the difference? It does seem to be the same formula of competition. But um, the question is, how do you represent that sort of thing anyway? It's not so sort of straightforward. But I like it because it's, um, it's an industry that not many people um, are aware of and, and a lot of people can be critical of without understanding and knowing what goes on in that industry. So I just want to quickly explain how it worked. There were three couples, I think, and they just got given a dog, any dog, and they had turned the dog into a beautiful dog. Is that right? Yes, because that's what's required is to actually turn that dog into something that's acceptable. From what I understand... They go through ordinary grooming and, well, they did shaping in the second week and next week they're doing colouring. So they're touching all aspects of grooming, you know, and I think they're, they're demonstrating that it, it is more than just, you know, getting clipped like a sheep, you know. Now, you're a dog groomer yourself. Um, did you yes. sort of uh, feel for them or did you think you could have done it too or...? Yeah, I can see I can do I would like to, to I would like to see myself do it, it'd be really good. But I can understand exactly what they go through. So I've the lady who lost the dog. Well, I don't know about that one, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> so were the challenges actually were the big challenges? Yes, they are. You've got a dog who's like the, the last um elimination was there were three dogs of varying sizes. But boy, that big one was very big, not only in size, but the coat was enormous. And to expect somebody to do a dog that size compared to the little um, the little Pomeranian, they're quite different. <laughs> mm. You know, it's like doing a Shetland pony and a Clydesdale horse. It's They're quite different size animals. That's a challenge, you know. So there were two judges. What do you think about them? Are they, where do they come from? How do they know about grooming? They're judges. I know that I think that Colin's been judging for a very long time and he has a very big um, repertoire and he has a lot of qualification. I think he judges in America and in the UK. And I think the lady also judges here as well as overseas. And that's important to get international recognition as well. They're really fantastic judges. And they, they themselves can groom as well. So they know what they're talking about. The host of the program is the famous actress, Rebel Wilson. What do you think about her? How did she perform? Yeah, I think that you know, she's got three generations of dog showing and you or show or a dog even do with dogs in, in, in the industry in three generations. And her mother is a well-known judge and I have heard that she is also very amusing and there are some people who love her as a judge because she lightens it. She's very serious. A lot of effort goes into into the dogs and the breeds and achieving the standards that's required. And she makes it nice and light with her humour. And I think Rebel has um, has sort of inherited that. I was surprised to see that they not only did cut the hair, but they groomed the dogs in that way. They they also used uh, 
decoration. Like they decorated the dogs like Christmas trees with bows and pearls and and, and God knows what else. Is that common? Do you do that with a dog? Um, it's more high standard grooming, and some of that is reserved for showing. Generally, if you have a, a poodle, you wouldn't have high quality perfect grooming all the time you have it once every so often that you go to the groomer but when you're doing high level showing you embellish your work and in some suburbs they sort of expect the dog to come back from the groomers with some embellishment it's something new to the industry here in australia anyway so you obviously love the show but i'm sure you have any any expectations you think they could be a bit more <clears throat> more exciting stuff in there, a bit of improvement. I'd like to see a little bit more drama, you know. Um, it would be interesting to see if they brought in a surprise contestant or they brought in a new suite of contestants to compete. That would be interesting. Or they brought back a contestant, you know. I'd like to maybe mix it up, you know. I'd like to see something happen. Perhaps them all do the same breed and let's see which one looks best. In last episode, we spoke to Jemima from the Top Dog Film Festival. And Adrian, you went along and you caught up with a few interesting people there, including um, a couple of foster parents. That's right. Yeah, it was a beautiful festival, beautiful film festival. It was a balmy night. There were quite a few people there, a few dogs as well. And I tried to talk to all the dog owners because I wanted to know what they think about their dog, why they have a dog, what it means to them. And that fits perfectly in our segment, my top dog. I met Jamie and Denise. Their dog is called Daisy. She's a mix. She's got Husky in her and, and many, many other, other dogs, apparently. And yes, they are actually foster parents, but it turned out they're not really foster parents. She's a very mixed breed. She's got a bit of Malamute, a bit of Husky, a bit of lots of other things in there. Boston Terrier. Yeah, everything really. Yeah. So how did you find her and where? Uh, well, we got her from um, Pet Haven. So we fostered her and we ended up keeping her. So we've got another dog as well at home that we ended up fostering and keeping as well. We're not very good fosters. Okay. So what's Pet Haven? Uh, it's an animal charity. Yeah. Yeah. And that just happened like that? You just fostered her? Yeah. And yeah, I think it probably wasn't as straightforward as that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it didn't go with your name? We, um, Denise, so we um, volunteer for Pet Saving the Animal Charity and we agreed to foster Daisy and she was really timid and really um, afraid of humans and had her tail between her legs the whole time and mm. um, she was quite petrified um, and we fostered her for, I think, six weeks and we fell in love with her we definitely couldn't give her back so we decided to keep her um, which was the best decision ever I think <laughs> how old is she? she's 12 months okay so still young yeah and what made you become foster parents? Um, I guess there's just so many dogs out there that need a home and dogs like Daisy that were really mistreated and we have a second dog Willow who was also really mistreated when we um, fostered her and we kept her as well and um, 
I think. So you're actually not really foster parents. No, no, I think we're really good foster fail parents. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's sort of maybe uh, the ultimate. That's what uh, the organization hopes for, that uh, yeah. foster dog finds a home eventually. Yeah. Yeah, not, not unlike when you foster children, then yeah. in the best case they go back to their family, but she yeah. didn't have a home. Yeah, exactly. I think most of the dogs that go to Petshaven um, don't have anywhere to return to and um, lots of them have been mistreated. Um, lots of them are puppies that haven't been mistreated just yet, but um, they're a really amazing charity. They don't euthanize any dogs and they take all of the dogs, mostly from New South Wales, that would have ended up being put down. So yeah, they do pretty good work. So you've got two dogs now? Yeah. Are you still fostering? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> not until we have no. a bigger house. <laughs> yeah, not just yeah. yet. <laughs> so we can't make the decision, we look after another dog and we give it back? No, it's yeah, too dumb. Well, I think our track record is not very good at giving them back, so yeah. <laughs> maybe in the future when we have a bigger backyard. Yeah, definitely. Okay. What's Stacey's um, naughtiest thing that she's ever done? Oh, she's pretty good at chewing things when we go out. Um, she's really good at um, chewing every bed, every dog bed that we've purchased so far. She should turn every one of those into a chew toy. Um, but aside from that, she's not very naughty. She's she's a pretty good girl. Yeah. And whose dog is she? Is she yours or yours? No, she's oh. both of ours, but I think she's more Denise's probably. I reckon probably. she's yeah. mine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our other dog is definitely Jamie's and yeah. Daisy is mine, I reckon. There's yeah. always a favourite, I think. Yeah. And uh, do you ever bribe her to become your favourite dog? Oh, do I bribe her? <laughs> no, no, but that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to. I think I tried very hard to bribe our first dog to love me as much as she loves um, Jamie, but yeah. it didn't. It wasn't effective. Yeah. <laughs> So that was Denise and uh, Jamie with their dog Daisy, and I'm sure they just haven't quite found the right way to bribe them. <laughs> <laughs> no, they haven't. There must be a way. <laughs> yeah, let's go to our last segment here in this show to the audiobook Pirate the Barking Kookaburra. Today we have part number five. Last time you might remember they went on a journey to retrace the steps, hopefully finding out where Pirate actually does come from. They went into a cave, had a bit of fun in there, and now they're coming across a boulder. And that boulder has got something very mysterious. Let's have a listen. they reached the boulder. It was gigantic and had a face. Two horizontal crevices across the top marked the eyebrows. Its hollow eyes below were made out of two dents. Right in the middle of the face sat a big, fat bulge. That was the nose. The mouth was a circular hole. We call it the Whistler, Steltzer said to Pirate. Do you recognise it? Is that Treasure Island? Yes, it is, Hoover said, all excited. 
He knew that Pirate would come up with another pirate adventure. I do remember now. I did once hide a bone under it. But I never found it again. That's what Treasure Island is for. For hiding your treasure so nobody can find it again. Let's hide my sword. Pirates, that's an order. Aye, aye, Captain. Ajax and Hoover said and followed Pirate, who had started running around the boulder. All of a sudden he stopped. Ajax managed to stop just in time, but Hoover had not paid attention and bumped into Ajax. Get your nose away from my bottom. Shush, avast. There is a big ship landing on the other side of the island. It's a schooner full of pirates. A bunch of greedy pirates jumped off the ship, shouting and swearing. They look very scary. Hoover was scratching his head. What are you talking about? They're not pirates. It's Buddha and Stelzer. Shush! Of course they're pirates. They're from Bloodcrust Island. Look at them, how bloodthirsty they are. If they find us, they'll slit our throats. You're right. They do look really scary. They are after my sword. We'll surprise them. We'll attack them from two sides. Ajax and I go that way. Hoover, you go that way. Aye, aye, Captain. That'll be great fun. But watch the crocodiles. Crocodiles? Treasure Island is teeming with big, fat crocodiles. And lions, and tigers, and dragons, and monsters. Hoover hesitated for a moment, but then puffed up his chest. No problem. I can handle them. Let's go. Pirate Ajax and Hoover were crawling around the boulder, trying not to make any noise. Pirate watched out for the wild animals, carefully checking out every corner, gap and crevice in the boulder. He felt safe with his sword of gold and silver and was not afraid of the battle with the greedy pirates. Hoover, however, on the other side of the boulder, tried hard not to burst into laughter. He was too excited by the thought of charging from behind the boulder, roaring like a lion and giving Buddha and Stelzer the biggest fright of their lives. Still, he carefully watched his surroundings. You never knew if there really was a dragon or a monster hiding somewhere. Attack! Pirate shouted, and on command, the three rushed forward, screaming, yelling, Hoover again chuckling. But Buddha and Stelzer were not where they were supposed to be. The spot where they had just been standing was now deserted. They were gone. They had vanished. Where are they? Where have they gone? That very moment, Buddha and Stelzer suddenly popped up from behind the boulder. Attack! They yelled and charged Pirate, Ajax and Hoover. All three got a big fright and ran away like headless chooks. But eventually... After they realised what was going on, everyone chased everyone around the boulder. 
There was heaps of screaming and giggling and laughing. Pirate had great fun. Hoover snatched his stick. Pirate snatched it back. Buddha tickled him. Pirate poked his leg. Ajax nudged him with his paw. Pirate nipped his tail. Steltza smacked him with her dripping wet tongue. Pirate jumped onto her nose. On and on it went until everybody dropped onto the grass, out of breath and exhausted. What about my sword? Pirate asked. We still need to hide it. Ajax had a funny idea. He shoved the stick into the boulder's circular mouth. Now the whistler was not whistling anymore. It looked as if he was sucking a noodle. Everybody was rolling on the ground laughing, except Pirate. He was shrieking. That was part number five of Pirate the Barking Kookaburra. If you want to hear the whole story, you can if you go to our website www.topdog.space or you can go to bubenberg.com and there you can find the link to the whole audiobook that you can download and listen in one hit. Otherwise, stay with us. Next time we'll have part number six and tell everybody leave a comment on our website uh, you can like us on our facebook or check out our instagram or you can send us even an email which is woofwoof at topdog.space now that's the end of our show fortunately or unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> my name is Adrian bye bye thanks for listening And I'm Katja. See you next time. Bye-bye. Kiss your dog from me. Kiss your dog from me. Better not. <laughs>